things and work to be done. But how can we do it if we are unprepared? We invite you to join us over the next hour. It is our prayer that you will be rich in as we pray with you. As we pray with you. And the some topics of interest with our special guests. Let's get into today's broadcast. Amen. amen, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God bless you. This is Dr. Jua on The Word Restores, and you and I know that the Word surely restores, and I thank you. I thank all of those who are going to be listening to this broadcast, who will be tuning in, and um, even, even on Facebook Live, I'm on Facebook Live, you can invite your friends and come on in at any time. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen, um, you know, I was making um, an observation recently, and it's one that, I, that I'm making based on, um, on my experience. And what I observed that is that it's interesting that um, when times are great and everything is working fine for us, we talk about Jesus, we talk about how blessed, how he blessed us and how he's so faithful. He's our Lord and Savior, how he brought us from a mighty long way. But do we really talk about him? And do we really understand the depth that we feel in our spirit of what we are saying about him, what we are proclaiming about him? Amen. But what about in the time of crisis? Even if we believe that everything is working fine for us this morning, he woke us up and we participated in the live stream service from the comfort of our own homes. Yet, we know that behind all this, there is a stark reality that fear, suffering, death, is all around us. Hallelujah, my Lord Jesus. Are we still talking about him, about Jesus, the way we did before? Mm, what a question for us, amen? Oh, praise the Lord. Or let's, let's ask this question now. Or are we being clouded and crowded by the spirit of fear as we try to grasp onto a sense of normalcy in this abnormal situation. God bless you, Sister Sheila. God bless you, Sister Jessica. You see, we are told to socially isolate ourselves in our homes, socially distance ourselves from each other, protect our nose, protect our mouth from each other. You know, um, when we go outside our homes, some of us even face the specter of joblessness with no certainty of how long this will last. Some of us have already faced layoffs. Fear is mounting on every side. We just don't know how long it will last. Huh. And if we are to be honest with ourselves, we just don't know how long we can take it. Oh, my Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. Greetings, greetings. But here's another one. Oh, are we being clouded or crowded by a spirit of, I, and, and I heard this from a pastor recently. God bless you, Sister Rose. I heard it. Are we being crowded by a spirit of suffocation as we hear of the accounts of the sufferings and, and uh, sufferings of our friends, sufferings of our families who survived? They live to tell the story as firsthand witnesses to the grace and mercy of God as they suffered night and day when they thought they would not have been here anymore. When they would have taken their last breath, they taught, but God said not yet. Yet, we are all focused not on his glory, but on the gory details of how, how they made it and what they went through and what it felt like and how it began and how did they know it ended. Secretly, though, hoping and praying to God that we wouldn't have to go through the same suffering. Or here's another one. Are we being crowded and clouded by the spirit of death? 
as we hear of the passing of our friends or families or fellowship celebrities, even about those people we don't like. We begin to remember the good times or even the bad times if we didn't like them when we interacted with those who have gone on. But then we wonder how it happened. Why didn't we hear about it sooner? Why is it so sudden? How come someone didn't tell us they were sick? Now we begin to focus on ourselves. Could this happen to me? Am I ready to go? Will there be a funeral with so many deaths around? Questions, questions, questions. Shall I call the family to offer my condolences? The enemy keeps playing these thoughts and these questions in your mind again and again and again, and it gets into your spirit. But where, this is my question based on my observation, where have we situated Jesus in all this? You see, we are at a period in our Christian calendar when we remember and celebrate his triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday as we move into what we call the Passion Week. Later in the week, we remember and we celebrate his suffering and his eventual death on the cross at Calvary on what we call Good Friday. He suffered so that we may have an entrance to the guarantee of everlasting life. Everlasting life, if we die today on this earth, we still live with Jesus huh, wherever he is. So that's, of course, if we believe, if we believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, if we believe that God raised him from the dead, if we believe that he died for our sins and rose up on the third day and is now with God the Father interceding on our behalf through his precious Holy Spirit. In this period, though, of remembering and celebrating his death, his suffering for us on the cross at Calvary, is it of any effect to you and me? Do we really know Jesus as God, as Lord and Savior? And I'm just asking the question so that we can respond, not audibly, but we can search ourselves. Do we know him as our Redeemer, as our Deliverer, as our Anointed One, as our Battle Axe? as our love, our healer, as our atonement for our sins, as the one who suffered unto death, as the one whose death gave us everlasting life. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You see, we tell others about who he is as we tell them about what really did happen in his suffering and in his death. And we recount, we don't want to recount the Sunday school version of his suffering and his death. We don't want to recount the screenplay version of his suffering and his death. We don't want to call, recount the Broadway musical version of his suffering on, and his death. We want to recount the biblical version of the suffering and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, my Lord. You see, what we want to do is in, in the next, in the next uh, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, we want to focus on some of the scriptures from the word of God that recount his suffering, what led up to his suffering and his death. Amen. And I want to know whether we can glean from these images of his suffering and death, something that will help us in our walk today as we are thinking about it, as we realize that death and suffering is all around us. So in other words, let's use the word of God 
to point the way back to Jesus, particularly during these times when the world is experiencing not just suffering and death, but fear. And particularly as we as Christians are celebrating, watch it now, we are celebrating his suffering. We are celebrating his death. My God, help us, Jesus. Amen. So what I wanted us to do is to start going into the scriptures now. And as we get into the scriptures, let's ask ourselves, what can we glean from it? What can we get from these images? And we are not going to read the scriptures from, uh, from one gospel. We are, we are grabbing images from the various gospels and putting them together so that perhaps we will come up with, uh, you know, um, a something that's close to what happened on Calvary. Amen. First, let me pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for um, allowing your son, Jesus, to go to the cross for us, for you, for, for you, my brothers and sisters, and for me. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that although the entire world may not know what he has done as yet, right now, they know that the heavens are declaring your glory and the earth is declaring your handiwork. They know, they know that there is a God out there. And we're asking you, Lord, to reveal to first to us the scriptures about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and reveal to the world, Lord, who you are. Declare your glory, Lord, but we ask you, Lord, to show your mercy. Hallelujah. Show your grace, Lord, to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus, Lord. Yes, Lord, we're asking you to heal the land. But we ask you, Lord, to please forgive us our sins, forgive us our iniquities, forgive us our transgressions, that we may come to you with clean hearts, Lord, pure hearts, right spirits. Oh, happening only unto your call, Father God, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Touch us Lord, now, Lord. In Jesus' name, open our ears that we may hear you loud and clear, Lord. Yea, and open our spiritual eyes and our hearts to receive your word, even now, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So we're gonna start with some images, amen. And you know, um, I wanna start it this way. In John chapter 13, verse one, we read, now before the feast of the Passover, so now we're leading up to the Passover, now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He knew that he was going to go through suffering. He knew that he was going to the cross. And yet his focus, even at that time, was not on who said what. His was not on who had just died before. His focus was on none of that. But he loved, but his focus was on love. I've finished my course. I, I've, I've done what I'm supposed to do on this earth. I know that I'm getting to the point where it is time for me to go and do that mission such that I will go right back to the Father. And he saw it, he knew it, and he did it, but it was love. It was his love. John 13 and one, he says, he knew his hour was come, but he loved to the end. Oh, praise the Lord. God bless you, my sister, Valerie M. Hull. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Now I wanna to go to Mark chapter 14. And remember, the, each, each set of scriptures is a snapshot of a point in time throughout the suffering and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what we're trying to do is to, to understand, amen, how it can even relate to what's happening with us right here and right now. 
So in Mark chapter 14, verses 1 to 11, and if you're following with me, I'm going to read it all from the King James Version. And it reads, after two days was the feast of the Passover and of the unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. What? They said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. These are people who are in the church. Hello. These are people who are supposed to be the pillars and they are planning and plotting someone else's death. And they recognize because of the feast day that people are not going to want anything to happen around that time. So what do they do? They say, whoa, 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 we can't do it now, but we got to do it. They may be the same ones going off and celebrating the same Passover. And yet in the back of their minds, they've got evil. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Oh, my God, help us, Jesus. God bless you, my sister Nadine. Oh, praise the Lord. So from Mark 14, and, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, a spike knot, very precious. And she broke the box, poured it on his head, and there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Here's this woman who she knew there was something that the Holy Spirit had placed in her that she knew that there was something about Jesus. Amen. She knew it. And yet, what did they do? Oh, they talked about her. They could, all they could see, those who were interested in the worldly portion of it, all they could see was the money. All they could see was all of this money. And, you know, and she wasted it. She wasted, she said, she spent what? And she wasted it on pouring this on Jesus's head. Come on now. But watch what Jesus says. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble you her? She had wrought a good work on me, for you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good, but me, you have not always. She had done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body for the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she had done shall be spoken of her for a memorial of her. Watch it now. Amen. And we just heard about her. This is what she has done, and we have heard about this woman. Now, isn't God awesome? Even now, even now. But let's continue because we're getting to verse 11. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad, and they promised to give him money, and he sought how he might conveniently betray them. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us. They were thinking about it, and guess what? They did it. Now, I'm going to leave a black screen for you and for me right now, and I ask you to continue praying before my, uh, my computer locks down on me. Amen. So I'm asking you, even on the radio, continue praying as I get my plug to plug it back in, or we'll have a lot of dead space on this radio. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I just want to let you know that I'm recording from home and not from the studio. And so my producer being on the ball, she started to play an interlude, which we're going to hear again later. But I thank God for it. I thank God for it. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. So Judas went in to the chief priest. And so they wanted to, so you watch out now. So there is the betrayal that has come up. And, you know, for us, we, we look at this as the, as the betrayal. For Jesus, this is scripture that had to happen. Isn't that something? It has had to happen. So sometimes, my brothers and sisters, you and I, when we run into issues, we, we, we begin to believe that this person is against me or something else is happening to me. And when Jesus is saying, you know, no, this is the way it should have been. Amen. So let us watch for that. And I hope that you get the gist of it. I'm settling back there home now. So let's hear another image. And this one is also fairly long, but I really would like us to read it because I think that as we read, we begin to understand that uh, this, this, this playing out of Jesus's suffering and his death, you know, for starting from, um, from the Passover right through to what we call Good Friday, that this playing out is for you and for me, his suffering. And the question is, what are we going to glean from his suffering? Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. So here we have Luke chapter 22, uh, and we're starting from verse 7, and we're going through to verse 23. And this is about the Last Supper itself. And Luke's account says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. They said to him, where will thou that we prepare? I mean, it's a fair question to ask because they don't know what Jesus knows. Amen. They are being told to do something and think about it. This is, this is the way you and I should be operating as we go along. We don't know what is in the mind of Christ until he can reveal it to you and to me. Amen. So, where will will you prepare? Where, where are we going? You know, where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, it's as though this is planned beforehand. He said, behold, when you enter the city, there's going to be a man who will meet you. He's going to have water, a pitcher of water. Follow him to the house where he goes. And you shall say to the good man, the master of the house, the master said unto thee, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished there, make ready. And they went and found what? As he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, how awesome is that? That the Lord has prepared the way. He prepared the table before me. Amen. And, and we say in the presence of my enemies from Psalm 23. But the point to be made here about this is that when they went, as Jesus said it would be, it was. And something to for you and I to keep, that when the Lord says to you, this is it, when you say he is faithful, whether, it, whether you see something that is opposed to what he said in front of you, if God said it, it's done. Amen. You keep walking in it. Even during this crisis, you will see so many things and you will hear so many different reports. But what did God say to you? Did he say to you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? What, what is it? What is the promise that he has made to you? And whatever he has made to you, my brothers and sisters, I say, hold on. Oh, hallelujah. Hold on to it with all your might in the name of Jesus. Continuing in Luke 22, when the hour was come, he sat down and, and the 12 apostles with him. And he said to them with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. You, you notice 
Jesus knew that there was suffering coming. Just like we've got suffering going on right now. Jesus knew that there was suffering coming. And yet he said, I wanted to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Yeah, because see, this is the last time because he says, for I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Oh, praise the Lord. He knew it. Oh, my Lord. And he said it. And once he said it, that was it. That was it. That was it. Amen. For I say, I will no more eat. Oh, my Lord Jesus. I knew it. And I'm going to say it. And I want you to believe it. Amen. And then he says, he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, and this is where we have our communion. Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom shall come. Oh, hallelujah. This is why in the Lord's prayer, what do we say? Thy kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, after also the cup, after supper, saying, this cup is the new testament in my blood. It's the new witness in my blood, which is shed for you. He knew that his suffering was for you and for me, my brothers and sisters. And yet, he also knew that the betrayal was coming. He says, but behold, the hand of him that betrayed me is with me on the table. Truly, the son of man goeth as it was determined, as it was written in the scriptures. But whoa, my Lord, I, you know, I, 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 it causes me to shudder when I hear that woe. Woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves uh, which of them it should it was that should do this thing. Think about it. Think about it. That's our process of self-examination. And I say to you, my brothers and sisters, we've got to examine ourselves. We've got to continue to examine ourselves. Amen. You know, we don't know the hour. We don't know what is going to happen to us. So I'm saying to you and to me, continue to examine ourselves day by day. Amen. Continue to focus on ensuring that we have a clear conscience before anyone, before everyone. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. Let us stay firm, focused on the Lord. Amen. And I'm telling you, this is no time for us to be playing. This is no time for us to be messing around. This, for uh, the prayer warriors around, this is time for us to get into prayer. Amen. Let's, let's not relax. Let us not think that all is well, so it's all good. No, 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 no. Let us start and get into prayer. Matthew 26, verses 30 to 35. And I want to read this for us. So now this now we're flowing with Matthew's account. This is another image, amen, of that time. When they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. You know, in, in our churches, in many of our churches, during our communion, at the end of the communion service, after everyone has been served, what do we say? And they went out singing a hymn. And some one of the deacons will start with, I love the Lord. And, you know, they'll just go on. Amen. And this is what it's all about. They went out singing a hymn. Amen. They went out. This is from Matthew 26 and 30. They went out into the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, listen. All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. 
Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Mm. Yeah, that's how we feel, isn't it? Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice, three times. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. And we know the story about Peter, and we will come to it. But here's what I want you to focus on now. Likewise, okay, likewise, whatever Peter has just said, likewise also said all the disciples. Group consensus. Yeah. But group consensus failed, as you and I know, because the disciples themselves, they ran off. Amen? Why? You see, because this is an individual journey in terms of our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So no matter what is happening around you and me, no matter who says what, go back to your self-examination and ask yourself about me. How do I feel about the Lord? What will I do? What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths as I go along in this relationship with the Lord? I'm, I don't want to open my mouth and start you know, talking to the Lord and telling him, yeah, Lord, I'm going to do this for you and I'll, I'll be preaching for you and I'll go out there. And, you know, who cares about the virus? I'll do this and I'll do that. Uh -uh. What's your relationship with him? What are you hearing him tell you? Amen. What is it that Jesus had said to the disciples? He told them, okay, he says that you are going to be offended because of me this night. Do you think Jesus was lying? No, he wasn't. But Peter, he felt, no, this is not so. It won't be so. I, I can do it, Jesus. I can do it. Hey. You know, and he caused everyone else to say the same. That was the group consensus, but it failed. So remember that this is an individual journey. It's just you and me, Lord. Amen. Now let's take, take this account coming from Mark chapter 4, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 14, and we're going to look at verses 32 to 42. Now, so Jesus told them, this is going to happen, Mark 14, 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit ye here while I shall pray. He taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be so amazed and to be very heavy. And he said unto them, so he's getting heavy. He says, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. He says, tarry here and watch. Wait right here and watch. He gave them the direct order. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And I'm just going to say this before we go on. Sometimes those you are counting on in your time of need, in your time of trouble, sometimes they can't help you. They can't help you. And we'll see as we read. And I want to say it now because I want to say to you, turn to Jesus. Amen. Turn to him. So I'm going to go on now. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh, he came back, and findeth them sleeping, and said to Peter, Simon, Sleepest thou? Couldn't you not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, 
but the flesh is weak. Pray, pray, pray. Pray even that your faith doesn't fail. Pray even that your eyes remain open. Pray even that the Lord is there with you as you watch. Amen. When the situation gets to you, when you feel this sense of foreboding, this is what Jesus felt, this sense of dread, this sense of foreboding. What did he do? He went to pray. Amen. Pray. When you begin to hear the news and you begin to hear the, all the things that are going on, pray, pray, my brothers and sisters, pray. And I'm going to continue. And again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wished they what to answer him. They didn't know what to say to him because they went back to sleep again. And he came the third time and said to them, sleep on now. Take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. Picking up the account now from John chapter 18, verse, verses 2 to 14. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus of time re, re, uh, resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth. Did you hear that? He knew what was going to happen. He went forth and he said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again. So he asked them again. He repeated it. Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake, of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. Yeah, did, did the Lord give, did God give you to Jesus? Yeah, and if he did, he ain't gonna lose you, he's got you. He's got you even through this time. He's got you in the palm of his hand. By the way, have you been hearing many reports of healings through this virus? Have you been seeing reports of more healings than deaths? God's got you. Hey, woo! He's got you. Hallelujah. So let's continue in this John 18. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it. Okay, so this is the same Peter who, you know, uh, oh yeah, I'm with you, Lord, I'm with you. But Peter went into the flesh to fight fire with fire. He got emotional. Yes. See, even now we get emotional. Our, our emotions are raw right now. They're raw. Be careful, be careful. Be mindful, be mindful, my brothers and sisters. Yeah. So having this sword, he drew it. And he smote it, the high priest, the high priest servant, and cut off his right ear. That's Peter. None but Peter. So, you know, he's just so impetuous. He just do what he wants to do. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus to Peter, put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and they bound him and they led him away to Annas first. For he was the father-in-law to Caiaphas which was the high priest that same year. So first he went to Annas. So we're gonna follow this. 
in our images. Amen. Now, Caiaphas was he who gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. So remember, remember, this is the Caiaphas. Amen. Amen. So we know that they chose Jesus to die, and we're going to come to that, rather than that criminal, the murderer, Barabbas. Amen. You and I know that. We know the account. Right now, we haven't got there, but I want to take us there right now. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So here we are at Annas. So I'm going to read from John chapter 18 again, and we're going, going from verse 19 to 24. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I even taught in the, in the synagogue and in the temple where the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. So why are you asking me? Why askest thou me? Ask them that heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. These same people who are coming in to take me and drag me over to Annas and drag me over to Caiaphas and drag me here and there, they know exactly what I said. So why are you asking me? Amen. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand. He slapped him, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? What you hit me for? Now Annas had sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Luke 22 and 54 says, they, they, excuse me, then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. This is our same Peter. He followed afar off. So now let's pick up the account, not from Luke, but from Mark. Mark chapter 14, verses 55 to 64. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witnesses against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear witness against him, but their witness agree not. Woo, confusion. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there all arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made, made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. Watch it now. Confusion in the place. Amen. And here you are before, before the council. And the high priest stood up in the midst. Mm. God bless you, Sister Newell. God bless you. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answer is thou nothing? You ain't saying anything? What is it which these witnesses, which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. He had nothing to say. It, all of this that was spoken, it really wasn't the truth. They were going back and forth. There was confusion. Why, did, why would Jesus step in the midst of confusion? Hello, my brothers and sisters. Question again, why would Jesus step in the midst of the confusion? Amen. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the son of the blessed? Jesus said, I am. Now that's the truth. And he shall see the son of man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Oh, praise the Lord. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we any further witness? You have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. Luke 26, 63 to 65. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on his face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? And many other things 
blasphemously spake they against him. Now we just saw the high priest talking to Jesus in Mark 14 about blasphemy, amen, and condemning him to be guilty of death. And yet in Luke 22, that we have just read in verse 65, people were also blaspheming as they were going along, but nobody said that they were going to condemn him, condemn him to death. Nobody said that they were guilty. What's up with that, amen? Just saying, that's all. So I need to move much faster because I do have only 15 minutes on the broadcast, but let's go on. These are images, amen, or snapshots of his suffering and his death, amen. Yeah, Matthew 27, one to two. When the morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. So Anna Skypas, now Pontius Pilate. That's number three. Luke 23, two to seven. And they began to accuse him saying, we found this fellow perverting the nations and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ the king. And Pilate asked him saying, art thou the king of the Jews? saying, art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him, what did he say? Thou sayest, you say, you say it. That's cool. You've just confirmed, are you? Well, you said it. Then said Pilate and the chief priest to the people, I find no fault in this man. They were the more fierce, saying, he stirred up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, and he asked whether this man was a Galilean, as soon as he heard that, that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, what did he do? Number four, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was in Jerusalem at that time. So, Galilee, Herod, send him off to Herod. Oh, my Lord, I have no idea how this is going, but I'm telling you, this is some kind of story, amen. Luke 23 now, 8 to 11. When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him for a long, seen a long time, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen him, and he, wait, wait a minute, he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him, worldly perspective. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. You know, Jesus ain't got nothing more to say. Oh Lord, and the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod with his men of war, they had nothing else to do. What did they do? Set him at naught and they mocked him and they arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again, sent him back to Pilate, mocking him. There was nothing they could do. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answering said, Thou sayest, I am reading this account from Mark's gospel, even, and it's the same thing. Amen. But I'm going to drop down a little bit, and because we just talked about Pilate, so I'm going to drop down and look at um, Mark 15, and somewhere around verse 10, Pilate answered, saying, Will you that I release the king of the Jews? He's asking the crowd, for he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. Mm -hmm. Watch it now. You see all these emotions coming out in these times of suffering? Watch it. But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will you then that I shall do unto him whom you all, whom you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him, crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him. Oh, my Lord. They didn't even answer Pilate. All they knew is that I want this man dead my lord 
And again, in Luke 23, and I'll do this one quickly, Pilate, willing to release Jesus, spoke, but they cried, what? Crucify him, crucify him. What evil has he done? I have no cause. Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. My God, my God. So he took Jesus, John 19, and he scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and they put it on his head and they put him put on him the purple robe, my Lord, and said, hail king of the Jews. And they slapped him. There we go. And, and you know, and we have all of this going on with the crucify him, crucify him. This is his suffering. This is as he is suffering. Amen. And, you know, we have to, I, I want to drop down a little bit. He brought Jesus and he sat him in the judgment seat. Um, that is called a pavement in Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and the sixth hour he said to them, behold your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. Watch it now. Watch it, my brothers and sisters, what's coming out of your mouth and my mouth. Amen. Who's our king of kings and who is our Lord of lords? Hallelujah. Amen. We have no king but Caesar. And they delivered him to be crucified. And they took Jesus. They led him away. And he bearing the cross, he went into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. Matthew 27, and as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of the skull, I'm going to leave it there. They gave him vinegar. Mm. You notice someone along the way, and, I, and I've got to move on this, but then you notice it was someone who was along the way that they picked up to help Jesus on this. Was it compassion or was it cruelty? See, when I see that they gave him vinegar to drink mixed with gall, gall is bitter. And when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. My Lord. So let's keep on going. Matthew 7, uh, 27. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, watch it, they watched him there and set up over his head his accusation written, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. So after the spoils, after they split up his garment, what did they do? They sat down and they watched to see him die. My Lord. And wait a minute, it's not just, it's not just them. These are the soldiers, amen? No, it's not just them. And they that passed by reviled him. You see this? wagging their heads and saying, thou that destroys the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. And wait a minute, it wasn't even just those passing by. Likewise, also the chief priest, mocking him with the scribes, the elders, all of these people, they said, he saved others himself, he cannot save. If he be king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Wait a minute, it wasn't even just them. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Yeah, everybody was cussing him out. Everybody was, was telling him whatever they wanted to tell. Everybody got in on the torment. Everybody got in on the suffering. Group consensus does not mean that it is right. We are children of God. Mark 15, 33 to 35, and when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, 
which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, behold, he calleth Elias. John 19, 28 to 30. After this, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel of vinegar, and they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop, which is more of an anesthetic, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Amen. I want to read an account from Luke 23, verse 46. And it's about his death. And it says, when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. So we have the two accounts from John and from Luke. Now, in Matthew 27, and I want to keep going. The veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. God speaks. That's when God speaks. Amen. You will know, my brothers and sisters, when he speaks. Amen. Listen, this is, this is no, even what we are going through right now, it is no joke. But when God speaks, you listen. You listen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My God, my God, my God. I want to leave it at this point. Amen. Right here and right now, what we have done is we have looked at images, amen, of the suffering, oh my Lord, and the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with the understanding that his suffering and his death was for you and for me. It was for us that we would have access to the tree of life, that we would have everlasting life. And ye now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. What will you ask the Father in his name? If he had come down from the cross, your soul and my soul would have been lost. But thank God he didn't come down. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We have so much that's going on, my brothers and sisters. We're off the air now, and I thank God. But we have so much that is going on around us. And yet, all I can say to you is, we've got to point right back to the cross. Amen. What has Jesus done for us? He has suffered for us. He has suffered long and hard for us. Amen. We have suffering going on right now. Yet, if we can point back to Jesus, if we can look at him, we will find that our suffering, we, we see that there is, a, there, there, there is someone who has suffered for us. And not only that, he has died. And yet, in his death, we also have eternal life. That's what he's done for you and for me. Amen. I praise God. I praise him. 
And I know it's a rough time, but I'm asking you, let's turn back to the cross. Let's remember this this week. Amen. Read some scriptures. Get back to God. Get back to what Jesus has done. Yeah. If I look back to what he has done, I know that he can do what he says he's going to do in the future. And I can look forward to a future with him. In the name of Jesus, I ask the Lord to bless you and keep you and protect you and open your eyes to his word, hallelujah, to get closer and closer to him during this time of staying indoors. In the name of Jesus, love you much and may God bless you. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. Love you all. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And amen.